You're listening to Sidewalk Confessionals. My name is Jeremy. And my name is Caleb. This is Madge. I think today uh, we don't really have a topic or anything like that. We didn't do an outline uh, per the norm. I think we're going to talk about astrology today, but we're not going to talk about uh, the validity of astrology or anything like that uh, because we don't want to get super controversial yet because uh, this podcast is in its stages of infancy and I don't want to lose the three listeners that we have. Yeah. So we're just going to roll right into it. Jeremy, you're a Pisces, right? I am a Pisces. I don't know anything. So I don't know anything about astrology. I don't know what this month is for Pisces or this lunar cycle or anything like that for Pisces. I don't know what my horoscope is today. Well, I don't read my horoscope. The only thing interesting to me is the birth chart. That's, oh, that stuff is great. But um, let's see. What are we in? What is this? September? So what is September... September third yeah okay so that would mean we the are second. in the september 2nd the sun is in virgo right i was like now. i think it's the second so anybody who's born right now is a virgo um and then there's a bunch of other stuff that we could say about like the houses and all that other good shit and all the planetary positions but i'm just not keeping track of it so we're gonna need to pull that up or something like that before i can talk about it when you go to place all those towns and cities will be assigned a number according to where they are. And that's like the little your little sluice of the world that you'll be using to figure out what your astrology thing is. And my little sluice is in 42. That's all I know. I don't actually have the exact, uh, like, uh, GPS coordinates memorized, but I'm pretty sure it's something like... Uh, I know I was born seventy nine north, thirty four east, seventy something like that. That is too much to remember. Legitimately. So, is that good enough? I know I was born somewhere around midnight. What what we're doing? We're putting all of my like birth information into an astrology birth chart. But your year is totally off. Oh, I couldn't even see it from the... I was born in 86. Oh, you have a basket. I have a what? Well, that's what that formation of stars is called. So you see how astrology is all about the relations uh, between the different signs and their positions in the sky and the relations between each of where those are in the sky to each other. Uh So that creates a bunch of intersecting lines. Uh, That's like the first general pattern or imprint of what your astrological, you know, chart is. And some of them, usually it's just a bunch of random lines, but every once in a while they take a certain shape which is notable and describable. Yours is called a basket, which should make you feel very good because basket people are really a handful. I'm a, I'm a basket case. Yes, yeah. you are a basket case, which is usually baskets, um, if I'm remembering this correctly, they usually tend to have like a strong area of focus and like a great amount of usually they they become very successful in a particular area because they're very focused they it creates this sort of imbalanced personality so you you see a kind of crazy person but it's like a crazy genius that's what you come up with so yeah you're a fucking basket case oh god do they have to focus primarily in one subject though not really that's not really what being a basket's about it's more like it's like you see uh, 
it's called a basket, and you see you see things in the basket. You, the basket has weight to it. Other people have like these. The, their their stars are all over the sky, so there's nothing really focused about their traits. A basket is a focusing of traits. So whatever your traits are, what you'll find in the chart are magnified. So you just go in there. Uh, like uh, I, I use the genius example because Einstein had a basket. Sun is in 23 degrees Pisces. Moon is in 1 degree Capricorn. Mercury, 9 degrees Pisces. But this is so weird. You skipped your rising sign. You so seem to be in 6 they, degrees what, Sagittarius. What is the math that they're doing here to, to get all this? Oh, my goodness. Well, it is extremely specific and mathematical. Yeah. I'm assuming they're, they're calculating the angle of the planets, I guess, with... The, the the line that you can draw between the Earth and the Sun as zero? Something like that. They, they literally take the position of the stars in the sky. Right. Um, What's your reference point, though? Yeah. Uh, your reference point has to be another body in relation to Earth so that you can get your heading, right? So that you can tell how many degrees... Well, it's, it's the Sun. It's the Sun. Yeah, so, it's the, the astrology looks at the position of the sun the planets and that's that's it it's just the sun and the planets some people add a couple asteroids that are like way out there chiron is one of those asteroids which some modern astrologers throw into their little astrological soup and it basically discusses you as a healer and to what degree you are a healer because chiron was a healing Centaur, Greek mythology. Interesting. It all it all like intersects so with Greek so, mythology. I'm confused. Then what's like? So what degree of alignment is like really strong, and what degree of alignment is weak? I'm assuming the lower well, the number, the weaker it is, right? No. The less it applies to you. No. Once you're in a sign, you're in a sign. But each sign is separated by each sign has thirty degrees in it. Um. And then each of those degrees is split into 10, uh, what it's called, decants, decalons. It's obviously got the Latin dec in it. Uh, Decanter, it'll hit me later. Um, And each of these different ones basically will just determine what type of, what manifestation of that sign you're likely to show and and none of them are like more or less weak to the traits of this sign at all they're just showing like just a form of this sign oh i can tell you everything even without even without putting it up let's see uh and we're going to see how accurate it is too let's see if i can remember so put in my information but don't press submit and we're going to see how accurately i can remember this shit okay don't submit yet okay okay so if i'm remembering correctly Sun in nine degrees Scorpio, uh, Moon in zero point twenty four degrees Sagittarius. Uh, rising sign should be. Huh? I should be writing this down. Why we're recording it over audio? Oh well. Let's see. I believe my rising sign is like a thirteen degrees in Aries. Um, 
I don't remember the degrees for all the others, but I can tell you that my sun is in Scorpio, that my moon is in Sagittarius, that my rising sign is Aries, that my Mercury is Libra, that my Venus is also Scorpio, that my Mars is Leo, that my Jupiter is Scorpio, that uh, I have Saturn in Pisces, uh, that I have um, Neptune in um, Uranus. No, no, <laughs> Neptune in Uranus. <laughs> I make myself laugh. Neptune in Capricorn, Uranus also in Capricorn, and then Pluto in Scorpio. And then my north node is Scorpio, and my south Wait. node is Taurus. Why is Pluto even there? Shut up. Pluto is a planet. <laughs> no. Yes. It has never been a planet. What? We tried so hard to make it a planet, it has oh, never been a planet. I'm also a basket case. That you are. Ah, nine degrees Aries, 12 degrees Scorpio. Libra, Scorpio, Leo, Scorpio, Pisces, Capricorn, Capricorn, Scorpio, Scorpio. Yep. Yeah. Well, they say they say that if you don't know what time you were born, you should just use midnight as a general, or midnight or midday, whichever you're closer to. But it really will. It'll throw off your moon sign. Your moon sign won't be correct. Your your Mercury could be wrong. What the fuck does any of this mean? Okay. Well, I'll tell you the things that I know about astrology oh, bef- before you start interpreting. Sun sign. Yeah, read it, but or his rising sign. I'm sorry. I guess I should read his sun sign, right? Your sun that's sign his... basically describes who you are, like the core of your being. It's like your soul, or like the the core of your personality around which everything else is built. Then your rising sign is like your outward or first appearance to the world. Sometimes, I mean, if you get really into astrology, they say your rising sign determines what you physically look like also, um, and other things like that. Yo, if you get deep into astrology, they tell you about what kind of like health problems you'll have. Each of the signs is associated with like different parts of the body and stuff like that. Like for instance, Scorpio is associated with uh, with the genitals and endocrine system and uh excretory system fascinating <laughs> yes why did it have to be those i just it just gets so fucking specific that's wonderful sex hormones and shit yep well I, that sounds quite apt for me honestly um but yeah your sun sign is like the core of your personality then your rising sign is like the, the, your outward mask to the world. This is people people who look at you might think just by uh, first meeting you or just observing you, they might think that your sign is whatever your rising sign is instead of what actually your sign is before they get to know you. Your moon sign is like your shadow self or your inner self or your heart or something like that. It's like the aspects of your personality which are more subtle but it, like as an inflection like if your sun sign is you then your moon sign is maybe like your 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 rising sign is maybe like what you look like and then your moon sign is what you feel like or something like that craziness interesting then mercury describes your relationships with other people or your communication style venus oh, is read a, that one venus is of course you want me to read your mercury your yeah. love sign that describes your romantic style. yeah and then your <laughs> your mind is very hold on your mind is what is he? Your mind is very curious and inquisitive, always seeking information on a wide variety of topics. The broader the subject matter, philosophy, science, religion, metaphysics, the more it will appeal to you. You prefer to deal with abstractions. The small but important details associated with any subject tend to slip your 
tend to slip your grasp. Wait, read that again, because it slipped my grasp. I wasn't, I wasn't paying attention. <laughs> Do you actually want me to read it? Yeah, again? I, I wasn't paying attention. Oh my god. What is he, an Aries? You prefer to. He's a Sagittarius. No, his oh. sign. Or his Mercury. His Mercury is in Sagittarius. Sagittarius is one. You prefer to deal with abstractions. The small but important details associated with any subject tend to slip your grasp. You are known for being blunt, honest, and truthful. Yep. Yeah, that's you. Yep, that's textbook. <laughs> yep. Uh, maybe astrology is not totally full no, of shit. No, 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 no. <laughs> it's totally full of shit. I know. Here's what they do. It's the Barnum thing or whatever, yeah. right? They pick, they pick vague descriptions associated with a majority of people. Yeah. Born between certain dates. The way they do that is they they basically like take into account how those people were were brought up like what cultural phenomenon were at the time you were being raised that will greatly influence your personality Mm -hmm. obviously we are all culturally derived the real thing here with astrology is that it literally it doesn't matter you could say anything and as long as it's not ultra specific whoever is listening to it will latch onto it and be able to find it within themselves so what can astrology it's the 16 personality types yes what can astrology with confidence tell you about a person now it can tell you real things about a person the uh what's the word the little the the catch here the condition here necessary to learn things about people with astrology is astrology can only tell you what people believe about themselves if you know that they believe in astrology or know anything about astrology because as soon as you've heard about it it sinks into your subconscious and there it is it's just stuck forever i've got all these scorpionic archetypes sitting in my subconscious just because i spent hours upon hours reading my own birth chart whether any of that stuff was true before it now sits in there so there's all this information that you can glean on me just from reading my birth chart because i've read my birth chart what's mike and i it's like it's like a virus. Yeah. You have to be Bottom. infected with it first. But once you're infected with it, it just... The cables. The cables yeah. correspond. Oh, okay. It just does. So there's two ways which you can glean, glean useful information from astrology. One is just personal use. By reading your own chart, you will just reflect things into your own mind that you believe about yourself. Because you will project subconscious beliefs onto what you're reading to fit yourself into whatever that is so anything that you read and you're like yeah 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 you're it's just you know it's a it's a it's a a, not necessarily it could mean something to you very meaningful and specific as you're reading it and then somebody else who's watching you read that doesn't really know what it means to you but to you it means something now the person who now knows that you're reading it and sees you going, yeah, yeah, yeah. Now that person can glean sort of general ideas about you from astro- astrology. Because if you identify with astrology, then you can take, it's not very specific in any way, but you can take general ideas about people from it. It's well, all archetypal. Just because someone latches on to something that they're told about them in astronomy doesn't mean it's true. They just want to latch on to that. 
people want to latch on to being the idea of being a nice person that it doesn't necessarily make them a nice person. Well, that's fair. And your subconscious, like you said, will make you believe things that aren't true. Mm -hmm. So astrology is just a book of lies, if anything, and it's it's f further distracting you from the truth because you're you're feeding into the lies. Well, it's a distortion. I think there must be something wrong with me because when I read like my personality type or my um, my uh, my horoscope or anything like that, I try to pick out the traits in there that I completely that are completely wrong, and I also look at other personality types and other horoscopes and things like that and try to figure out what in those is more like me. I do that too. I don't. I try not you to latch that, onto those but you things. You keep your MBTI on your grinder profile. So next question. That is true. Yeah. ISTP. It's the same thing as Harry Potter. Astrology, oh, Myers-Briggs typing, and yeah. Harry Potter are all the same. They're yeah. all the same. And they're so fun. You know why I like Harry Potter, though? Because it's not lying to you. It's not trying to say, oh, this is the truth. It's not the truth. You know it. And that's why I like it. Astrology, astrology is just the stigma behind it, the people behind it that are like pushing this down your throat saying this is really the truth and you need to believe it. It's too much. That's bad because, you know, like people are going to think all this shit and it's just a bunch of lies. I want to defend astrology a little bit, I mean, but it's fun. like it's, it's totally fun. At the same hand, I also think it's like this vile, money-sucking, yeah. basically oh, yeah. del diluted belief system. I mean, you can defend it the same way that you can God, defend. God, it's fun. <laughs> I like seeing the basket. It, it's fun, and I will say that personally, that I was able to find things, find archetypes present within reading my own birth chart, which I, I either identified with or was inspired to, and I feel like helped me. Like for instance, there's uh, there's a depiction of Scorpio as basically like this transformational archetype, which takes, it's a dark character. A lot of uh, people view Scorpio as like the evil sign or the diabolical sign or something like that. It's, it's all the evil, horrible things in the Zodiac and you shove it into Scorpio. But if you actually read into the mythology about Scorpio, it's all about transcending the darkness within yourself through, I don't know, shit, and <laughs> through trials and all of that. Yeah, it's, it's about, it's, it's, it's like a, it's an alchemical process of becoming a better person. Oh, turning Quicksilver into gold. See, that's fine in astrology, using it to inspire yourself, but using it as the truth is... No, using it as the truth is unacceptable. And, and that's, that's really, it's you pretty funny, too, because you can... But don't use it you as can, the entire you, driving yeah, force. Yeah, you can, like, fact-check it, too. Yeah. Here's something, like, um, I'll use someone that I know who will remain unnamed, uh, but who I know believes die hard in astrology. I like astrology, and I know a lot about astrology, so I'll have astrological conversations with this person with astrology as something that has weight to it, in a sense. Um, except this person does something which I found to be completely unacceptable, which is when we're talking about astrology, I will talk about me or I will talk about that person when we are talking about astrology. But then they will go and they tried to give me like life advice on like lovers and shit by asking about their sign and i was like uh whoa 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 i'm gonna have to stop you right there because i'm not about to analyze 
this person in my that my I'm not about to analyze this romantic figure in my life using astrology to figure out whether they're actually good for me. Yeah. Because I'm not going to glean anything good from that. Yeah. There's nothing good that can come from me looking at a person and judging them with astrology. Yeah. Yeah. You can judge yourself all you want. Whether or not that's good really just depends on what comes of it. Yeah, if you if you become a worse person because you start using astrology and to like distort yourself into thinking that you're already a good it's person. It's pretty upbeat the way they write it, so that's like, hard they to do. T- they tend they tend to try to suck your dick because they want yeah. you to buy it. Yeah. So yeah. there is also astrology for horrible people and that is fun. <laughs> It's like the M- it's just like the MBTI. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's any kind of personality typing. It's like, uh, can I use your real name? It's hard for me to call you Marge. Okay, whatever. Okay, Ryan and I were talking about. I've already said your name. You did on the podcast. Oh. Yeah, your, your identity's been loosed, and they know our birthdays too. Oh. We might have to redact this. <laughs> they know your birthday. You didn't actually explicitly say mine, did you? No, I didn't okay. say. I didn't say. All we know is that you're a Sagittarius in with the Mercury in Sagittarius. So it, there's not a lot to go on there. Yeah. Yeah. No. Anyway, Ryan and I were talking last night about. Um, I mentioned it in conversation, like LGBTQ plus. LGBTQIA LL six nine F F squared. Yeah. Yeah. That one. Yeah. Before we get super offensive. Caleb and I are both gay. Oh, yes. I'm super gay, and I also validate all these different identities which have come under this umbrella. I just really don't like the run-on sentence that it's become, and I wish we could all just stick to queer or something like that for the purpose of our group label. Well, the whole idea is that you don't want to generalize, but... You know, the same problem can occur from being too specific. <laughs> That's where I'm getting at. The, there's, there's an issue in the LGBTQ plus... Whatever. You're becoming so specific that you're just literally trying to find things to be specific about. To to pull yourself out of the box, you just made yourself another box. Yeah. I thought the entire idea was that we were embracing a society that did not need boxes. You pulled yourself out of the closet and you put yourself in a box. Yeah. That's what you did. Thank you. It's too specific. There's too many. It needs to be boiled down to like just a couple groups. And then, and then if yeah. you want to know the specifics of you one can ask person, a single person themselves right, exactly. like just like not communities of separate like fucking factions <laughs> of people based on who they want to love it just doesn't make sense well i'm an erudite <laughs> an erudite <laughs> well yeah i was thinking of divergent because he said factions <laughs> that's how it just that's just how i see it like it's l b g t faction l faction G. like it just it's weird yeah the thing is, humans really love identity, yeah. and humans like community and, and sharing their identity. The problem is that people, identities are just beliefs that you assign to yourself, and communities are just when you take those beliefs and you decide that you all share them. The problem is that people really are unique. and. You can't take a person and break them down into all these little specific things. Well, you can. You can break, take a person and break them down in all these little specific things. But that's not the person. That's just an image of the person. And then that image does not contain all the information of the person. I guess it comes down to 
maybe we're more than the sum of our parts. I guess that's what the ultimate argument would be here. Are we the sum of our parts? Or are we more than the sum of our parts? If we are the sum of our parts, can we actually split ourselves down to the nitty gritty of all these different identity boxes to yeah. describe us? Or is this is this an insufficient way of viewing a person? I find that it's insufficient for yeah, the simple fact totally that is. part of being a person is changing. So yeah, so yeah, so if you you know start to restrict yourself to certain ideals, then you can't get out of them. You're stuck in that rut. Yeah, and then you can't change because you you don't want to. You're you're in this rut. It's comfortable. It takes a lot of effort to change. Ideals are ideals, but they also humans are not ideals. People are people. Ideals are something to aspire to, to move you in a certain direction, but then you're, you're alive. You've got to keep moving in yeah. more and more directions. Except uh, a fluid image of yourself where you don't have to have a complete and concrete identity because I would say one of the most fundamental parts of human identity is... Fluidity. Fluidity. It's, yeah. it's change. Everything changes. Changing is the most important part of being alive, or the most fundamental part of being alive. Without change, well... Who wrote... Whose quote is this? Everything changes, nothing changes at all. I feel like that's John Green. I don't think it is. It's older than that. I, I don't know. We have to look it up. Ryan's looking it up. Anyway... That's, this all reminds me of that quote. Everything changes, nothing changes at all. You stay the same person, but all of your your ideals, your identity and everything like that, it's constantly changing. It's not, it's not static. You can't put it into a category. You can't, with 100% uh, certainty, tell me your sexual orientation. You cannot, with 100% certainty, tell me your personality type or your horoscope it doesn't work that way well i guess i guess the point is you can with one let's i don't mean to contradict you so blatantly and i'm not trying to because i agree with you but i want to rephrase it a little differently anthony bourdain but originally it was everything changes nothing changes the circular theory started by uh alexa yardley ah but it was quoted on on parts unknown that's where i that's where i heard it yeah Okay, but I guess you can you can make you can make statements of identity, and those statements are concrete. But those statements of identity cannot, with one hundred percent certainty, define the actuality. It's 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 the old philosophical problem. Is your identity concrete? Yes. Is identity concrete? No. Is anything about you concrete? No. What is truth? <laughs> <laughs> oh man, I mean, this would be so much better if I was drunk. Most of your, <laughs> the majority so of the cells high. in your body change every seven years, for all intents and purposes. Not with me. I'm actually, I'm actually going off of it for a little bit because oh, okay. my tolerance went up too much. Fair. Yeah. But I forgot to say, for all intents and purposes. Is that, what I was, is that where I left off? Whatever. Somewhere around there. Doesn't matter. For all intents and purposes, your 
entire person changes every seven years. What physically makes you changes constantly, except for a few things. So the few things maybe you should focus on, but everything else you need to realize changes and that's gonna affect you too. Hmm. Every seven years, you know, your taste change because your tongue changes, Every your body is different, your your hormonal makeup is, is different, your hormones are at different levels now that you're a different age and a different time, your body's different. So you're gonna think differently. Yeah. Your identity's different. It's different now. Yeah. And so you can't trick yourself into thinking you're the same person you were a few years ago. You're not. I don't like dealing in uh, in absolutes because nothing is absolute. Mm-hmm. But, I mean, we can boil this down to pay attention to your horoscopes. Pay attention to your, your personality type. Any of those things. Any categories that you find yourself fitting into, read about it. Mm-hmm. Pay attention to it. But don't take it to heart. Don't don't make those things the person you are. Don't don't base your personality now, on those things. Uh, now I do. Now I do know what to say. Thank you, J.K. Rowling. This is not something J.K. Rowling said. This is something that I said. But I was inspired by her. I'm going to quote myself from Reddit. I was talking, because I'm very involved in the Reddit Harry... Well, I was very involved in the Reddit Harry Potter community. And I was seeing this, this problem... I was seeing this thing consistently, which is what people do about the houses. How do you define, you know, what's a Slytherin, what's a Ravenclaw, what's a Gryffindor, what's a Gryffindor, what's a Gryffindor, what's a Hufflepuff? This is so Hufflepuff, this is so Ravenclaw, this is so Gryffindor. And at first I was like, yeah, yeah, this is, yeah. And eventually I got tired of it. I'm gonna quote myself because I can't say it now better than I did before. Something to keep in mind when it comes to house house identity is not letting the house define you, but allowing yourself to define the house. Sure, Gryffindors might be known for their bravery and Slytherins famed for their ambition, but at the end of the day, keeping in universe of course, you're in a certain house because a magical talking hat said you were and nothing more. <laughs> you don't have to mentally checklist yourself into the definition of a Slytherin or a Ravenclaw. Um, I guess I was talking about people who were like trying to, because a lot of people were asking, guys, I'm like this, what house do you think I am? Because I feel like I'm like this, but then I'm also like this, and that's more Ravenclaw, and this is more Gryffindor. And I'm just like, you know, just choose one, and whatever you do, it, for instance, Slytherin, for example, and whatever you do, feel, or are, is Slytherin by default. For instance, it's basically that, uh, he, the identity comes from you instead of outside of you. So um, you have these labels to define your identity. Right. Um, but then once you adopt the label, you, you adopt the identity, you define the identity. So you, you could ask, let's, well, let's get into racism. Uh, for instance, oh, Ooh, really getting oh, controversial here. Getting, uh, no, we won't, we won't go in it. We won't go into racism. We'll stick fictional here. What are you talking about? I'm cutting that. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> just like. Okay. <laughs> we should just we should just bleep that out because that'll be better. Oh gosh. So, you are put into a house. Literally, because the sorting hat says that you are that house. Now that you are a newly crowned Gryffindor, 
you are Gryffindor. So the things that you do are now things that you can say are true about Gryffindor. So you can say things like, Gryffindors are brave. Okay, fair. So now that you have adopted the ideal, you have the right to change it. Well, yes, not not just the right, but it's 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 inherent to holding the identity that you the identity identity in and of itself labels in and of themselves are meaningless. We provide them with meaning because we exist. So when you adopt a label, and especially if anyone else adopts that label with you because it's it's an agreement between conscious minds that a label means a certain thing. Yeah. yeah. But when it's specifically it's about the words. identity which talks about the self, the label talks about you. So if you have an identity label, the things that you do now define what that identity label means. Slytherins are like fill in your traits here. What are you like? Are you a Sly- are you a Slytherin? Yes. How do we know you're a Slytherin? Because the sorting hat said I was. That's an absolute. Once the sorting hat says what you are, that is what you are. There is no, well, maybe I'm a Gryffindor. The sorting hat said it. It's absolutely true now. So if you are a Slytherin, you are, fill it in with whatever you are. You can say generalizations about Slytherin, and maybe they're true, but it's only upon actual inspection of the character of Slytherin, which you must choose one because there are multiple, one person, when you can actually say anything meaningful about what a Slytherin is based on that one person. Otherwise, it's just, it's just, it's, you know, it could or could not, may or may not be true. You have to look at the actual Slytherin to learn what Slytherins are like. So you have to compare and contrast the constituents yeah. to the whole. And that's why I wanted to go, I was going to talk about racism because I was actually, I was having this conversation with with uh, Jose last night because um, he said that he was talking about how someone told him that he wasn't a real Mexican because, <laughs> yeah. she's like, she's like, well, you're not, you're not a real Mexican. You're more like a white person because you don't like spicy food, or you know, you. I know it's deeply racist. It's deeply disturbing. It's deeply you, wrong. It's, it's deeply, it's deeply wrong because one, her logic is based only on stereotypes. Yeah. Only on stereotypes, and I'm like, listen, Jose, you are Mexican because you're you are, you are, Mexico, you are literally Mexico. from Mexico. So everything that you do is Mexican by default. So what Mexicans are like is now defined by you and not the other way around. So we could say, yeah, Mexicans like spicy food, uh, but if you are my sample here, we wanna get very mathematical about this. If you are my sample, and you are my sample, and you don't like spicy food, then Mexicans do not like spicy food because you are but Mexican. let's go back to the whole and then, you know, compare yes, that. You do have to compare with the whole, but that's when you have to, you have to glean all this data. Yeah. It's not simple. It's, it's not, not simple. simple. Yeah. I guess the real point here... And that's why stereotypes are so, like, so common. People want to make it simple. They're common and they're absolute because that makes them simple. Labels Labels aren't meaningless, but labels also aren't completely reliable, I guess. Because labels labels in and of themselves are meaningless. Um, 
labels, identities, categories, etc. All that stuff in and of itself is meaningless, but it becomes meaningful when it is applied to something in the real world. Um, another example that you might think of is language. Language is a symbol is a similar thing. It uses a system of symbols which in and of themselves are completely meaningless to confer ideas about the world. Right. So when enough people share equal beliefs about what these symbols mean, then they are able to communicate in a way which allows them to act in harmony to create something. It's how every constituent interacts with the next and every other constituent around it to create the whole. Science and yes, mathematics. Yes, it, it's a holistic thing. Science and mathematics work really, really hard to to take these utter, otherwise meaningless symbols and give them objective meaning. Mm-hmm. Meaning, if you see the symbol AU, that means gold. Yes, it doesn't means. matter what you believe AU means, it means gold. Oh, but au contraire. It very much matters what you believe AU yeah. means because when you're, if you're if you are speaking of science, if you're doing chemistry and you see AU, it means gold. There may be something else that's defined by AU, the letters A and U next to each other. So yes, it could very well mean something else. But unfortunately, we can't escape the philosophical implications. Though, if everyone dies tomorrow. And the next, our civilization is uncovered by highly evolved cats in the future. And they find our symbols for things. And they're like, what does this mean? Imagine if they took everything on the periodic table. I maybe shouldn't use the periodic table because even though I'm not great at understanding chemistry, I know that apparently the way the periodic table is organized actually makes a lot of sense. It's organized in a way, actually, it's organized in a way in terms of electronegativity, in terms of... Um, yeah, so the, so the, the position of various symbols on the table yeah. is actually just more meaningful than they're it's, randomly it's positioned. Anything, you can yeah. look at it as a concentration. So I shouldn't use the periodic table specifically because that is a, is a system of logic which can be thrown on to the real world and makes sense of it that way yeah there's but, special circumstances but let's let's say that that completely they decide that <laughs> au means i don't know silver au means silver that's what the cats have concluded and they all start doing their chemistry using the symbol au for symbol, for silver. Well, that's what it means because AU in and of itself doesn't mean anything until, okay, silver is silver, yes. Yes. And gold is gold, that is immutable. These are immutable truths about the universe. Silver is silver and gold is gold. But the word silver and the word gold and the symbol AU and all this stuff that we're using between us to communicate about these things, those are, meaningless. Um, Actually, everything that you know about the world, everything I'm talking about you, everything that you know about the world is meaningless 
because you are interacting with the world through symbols. Yeah. The me that you're seeing, is it the actual me? What distortions are happening in your vision when your brain receives the image of me? Where is that coming from? I mean, there. I, I'm obviously sitting here in this room, yeah. but how much can you really say about me based off of what you see? And how much of that is meaningful to both of us? Huh. That, that I definitely lost something in there. <laughs> well, I mean, you were you had a good point though. I think because. We it's try. like everyone's reality is different, and the only way that we can merge our realities is through consciousness. Mm-hmm. So the only true reality is the one that we all agree on. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yes. Well, there, there is the, the, the idea of reality as real or something absolute is an idea. We all experience something absolute, but it's also f- absolutely fleeting. Well, at least for me, and I can't speak for you, everything that I'm experiencing is changing at all times. And I may only say absolute statements about my world for one infinitesimal moment. Because as soon as I begin to label or define something in that world, well, some variable has changed. Even within me. We have developed this system of symbols which help us relate to each other's worlds. It's so beyond my actual abilities to describe. (laughs) Well, it's beyond all of us. They they say that, you know, there is the 100% true and the 100% real, and we're all kind of reaching for it, but we're, we're only getting like their 99%. Let's go uh, back to Descartes. I think, therefore, I am. Mm-hmm. Cogito ergo sum. You speak Latin. Yes. I, I think, therefore, yes. I am. Yes. So your experiences, your actual experience of the universe is basically the most fundamental, smallest portion of data about reality that there is. And I won't even throw in the problem. Of, yeah. Yeah. I won't even throw in the problem of the constantly changing self either, because it's a whole yeah. other can of worms. Yep. But let's just take your experience of reality as the most fundamental bit of data about reality, and then everything else is like kind of an extrapolation of that. So you have this sense data from your five, it's really more than five senses coming in about the world. And your brain is trying to interpret it. As we know, the machine of our brain is, um, well, it's not perfect because we found out things about reality that our brains themselves don't naturally pick up on, like the entire electromagnetic spectrum. Right. We only see a small, a small bit of it. Now, through the development of technology, we've been able to uncover information about the rest of the electromagnetic spectrum. But we'll never see it the way it actually is. No, we'll never see it the way it actually is. Sure. It's like, I was thinking about this the other day, 
just like one of those shower thoughts. Everyone, when you talk about color, mm-hmm. everyone says that there's no true boundary between blue and green, mm. right? When you look at a spectrum, you see blue and you see green. Somewhere in the middle there, mathematically speaking, there is a point at which something is more green than blue or more blue than green. But when you are seeing it, you cannot tell me a point on that spectrum where it is more green than blue that is going to be the same as anyone else's point on that spectrum. Your eyes are a little bit different. Some people see red, while some other person would see orange, while some person who's colorblind sees gray. But also think about that. Why is that happening? It's because genetically you are physically different from your eyes are physically different from someone else's eyes. But what is the what's the function of those eyes? What is it actually doing to get the this world into our consciousness? It's chemical interactions. Well, again, here's the other thing, too. We know that it's chemical interactions. We know that everything that we're perceiving is the result of chemical and electrical interactions within our brain. And our brain is receiving sense data from, you know, our bodies and stuff like that, so which that is receiving data that. in the it does world. does a pretty damn good job. But we are experiencing something ineffable. Because when you say... What is the seat of consciousness or what is consciousness? Well, that's the hardest problem that humanity has ever faced. No one has a good explanation for what it actually what actually is consciousness itself other than its experience. Yeah. Now, when we talk about is consciousness real or what is real? So, we'll say that the real is the absolute that which does not change. You hold 100%, you, you hold knowledge of the 100% absolute truth within yourself. And you hold knowledge of the 100% absolute, true, real reality within you. And I hold knowledge of the 100% absolute, true and real reality within me. But all that truthy, truthy goodness is completely inaccessible to each other. Mm-hmm. I cannot access your reality and you cannot access mine. Now we have this shared seemingly objective reality, seemingly real thing. We are clawing out as best as we can to try to share something that makes sense to both of us in both of our realities, hence language. It seems to me that everything that I say, you understand. Right. Because we speak the same language. Right. We are all we are all at the center of the universe. We are all at the heart of reality. We are the heart of reality. But we are, we must assume, I must assume that your reality is true and real for you because I believe in you. I am not a solipsist. Solipsist. I'm not a solipsist. I believe in you, but you are something infinitely far away from me. But maybe not quite. There's some part of you, some absolute part of you that is infinitely far away from me. And yet, it's not any part of you at all. It is the whole of you. The wholeness of you is infinitely far away from me. But the parts of you are varying distances away from the whole of me. 
So if the if I if I am what reality is at one hundred percent for me, and that is true. Whatever you are is what reality is one hundred percent. What you are experiencing is the one hundred percent of reality. Then you at varying points through our different uses of language, symbols, other parts, physical data, and all this other stuff, you're like like this up and down chart of things which are more or less true of my reality. God, it makes no sense when I'm saying it out loud. <laughs> That's the thing. You can't articulate it. Well, you it know, makes sense in it your can't. Head. It's it's ineffable. It's ineffable. Well, you're ineffable, and I'm ineffable, and everything in between us is tangible. But it's just like, what is the apple? <laughs> what is the apple? Um, I guess uh, take take the things that you believe. With a grain of salt and take the things that you think and especially most importantly take the things that you know with a grain of salt and if yeah if, if you know it <clears throat> you should be trying to prove yourself wrong if you if you blindly accept something to be true because you know that it is true you're denying yourself information well yes the the moment you've accepted an absolute is basically the moment that you failed though the well the moment that you've accepted an absolute is the moment that you have you give up yeah you, you the up. moment that you've given up it's the death moment it's the opposite of life life is like this dirty nasty chaotic embracement of all this new different stuff happening constantly changing and then death is when you take that and you stop it. Basically, all of this was a really long-winded way to explain. Go look at your horoscope. Yeah. Go, go look at your horoscope, <laughs> right? Go figure out what house, what Harry Potter house you're in. Go figure out what groups you fall into and the truths that you believe and take all of it with a grain of salt. Mm -hmm. Do not let all of those things define you. You need to define those things. Those things will change over time too. As people start changing, as ideologies and all of those things change, the definition of a Gryffindor will change. Here's how we do things around here. We don't have an outro. So, um, Ryan, since you're new, say something random. Nothing, nothing, no big like topics that would invoke more dis or provoke, invoke more discussion. Just say something random. Cornflakes. You've been listening to Sidewalk Confessionals. Happy listening and have a nice day. <laughs>